Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Patty G Show. I am here with Franz Boghart. Is that pronounced correctly? Borghart. Borghart. Okay. Happy to be here, Patrick. Franz Borghart. We are here discussing the Borghart Law Firm and also the two podcast shows that he does, which is Go Rouge and Legally Unfiltered. So we were actually just in the midst of conversations sure. about his transitioning from him doing the social media to getting somebody else to do that. So let's kind of go back into that, Franz. What... I know that's a big step, and that's a very big step. Like you said, you, you're taking away your direct power, and you're okay on every post. Right. And you physically, like you just did, you were typing, typing your posts and posting right. them and having it now released to somebody else. So I think it's important to start by saying that I juggle a law practice, the Borkhart Law Firm. I juggle a podcast radio show called Legally Unfiltered, and we're going to talk about the distinction between a podcast and a radio show and which is more valuable. I right. think podcast is more valuable, but, um, and then the Go Rouge social media brand, as well as the radio show slash podcast. Um, for me, it's difficult because I am a one, I'm a control freak. So <laughs> Isn't I, every entrepreneur uh, ever, dude, it, it's true. It's really true. Um, it's hard though, because with the Borkhart law firm, um, and my law practice doing the marketing, doing the PR is very easy for me. Um, it's, it's disruptive in nature, so I'm not posting, and I do predominantly criminal defense, and mm-hmm. so I'm not posting, hey, do you have a DWI? <laughs> have you been injured in a car accident? <laughs> right. Uh, no, I, I do disruption. I do something different. So it's me in the community, me helping the community. Um, sometimes it's the Go Rouge stuff I'm doing. Um, sometimes it's legal commentary on one of the news stations I do news commentary on or the radio. Um, but it's that's easy. That's just one post a day, and, I, and the hardest part of that is discovering what is that one post, right? Um, and juggling a need to have content versus oversaturation. That is easy. What's difficult about Go Rouge is it's just me. Um, now I will say this for the podcast, for both podcasts, I have someone that helps me with production. So my leverage, my advantage is I have a co-partner with Legally Unfiltered. Uh, another attorney, Richard Sprinkle, brilliant guy, second career attorney. He's a he's a Marine, so he does the production. He does co- he co-hosts and he does production. Well, as you know, the post production work, the editing, uh, the uploading, that is what is time consuming. Absolutely. Um, for now, he does that. Um, when we monetize legally unfiltered more, I think we will you will see a transition into paying someone to record, upload, etc. But in the same breath, Richard's got some good toys. Just like you have some really nice equipment, Richard's got as good a of, of, of microphone system as a radio. And in fact, we get a lot of compliments about, hey, man, your, your podcast sounds as good as the radio station. Well, that's because we've spent some money on that. <laughs> right. Um, so that's at least why I'm able to do that show is because I am not a editor. I don't have to learn how to do podcast uploading. Um, so I have help on that. And that was an easy no brainer. I wanted to have a podcast, but I didn't want one so badly that it had to just be me. Mm-hmm. Um, go Rouge is slightly different. That show, which is a celebrate Baton Rouge show. I have a production person, Brian Halding. You saw him today. You were yeah. on the show today. Yeah, we met him. It was yeah, great. Yeah. So he does the recording. He does the timekeeping. Um, he makes life easier. He uploads it. So again, I pay for that. 
but it, it is a it is a tactical decision that is a no brainer. Um, now, it is tough though when you're thinking about okay, you're doing like three different things. You have a side hustle that's a radio show and podcast. Mm-hmm. You have a law practice. At what point do you need to hire help that is more permanent? A paralegal, an office manager. And that's tough. It's tough because it's hard enough to make a dollar, but when you start carving the dollar up to where, you know, 33 cents goes to Uncle Sam, you know, you'd like to get paid. You like right. paying your mortgage. You like paying your bills. <laughs> um, so it's tough because because you're 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 worried about what additional overhead can I add to where I'm, I'm still able to balance everything? Law practice is a lot different than a traditional entrepreneurship. It's a profession. So unlike selling a product like the, you know, a, a, a plate of food or, or the next best um, toilet paper. Right. Just selling any type of tangible product. Selling services is tough because you don't know. You don't know who's coming in, who's calling, where, you know, I know that most of my leads – come from warm referrals. So I don't have to spend money on advertising. Now I am starting to spend money on advertising, but not in advertising, more so in developing better marketing and PR that can be parlayed into more organic advertising. Um, My first two and a half years of law practice, I did not spend dollar one on marketing and PR in the traditional sense of TV, radio, um, I positioned myself to where I could be on radio and TV from a commentary standpoint. Um, now, I had sponsored – where I spent my marketing money, um, Patrick, was actually sponsorships of community events, uh, being the featured sponsor of the Big Wig Susan G. Komen event. That was a better ROI for me. Um, taking some business report classes, the Academy, for example, I saw a huge ROI on that. So my marketing PR was not traditional. I, I would characterize it as disruptive, in fact, where I was spending money instead on community-oriented purchases, so to speak. I hate to say it that way, but that's really what it is because I, I see better value in that. I see better value in sponsoring um, a free class to the LATCO Improv course at $100 and sponsoring that and putting that on social media and looking like a great guy by doing that because I'd like to think I am a good dude. Um, I see more value in that than to boost for a hundred dollars on Facebook. Although boosting is a necessary evil, right? And I, and absolutely, I think that's a a marketing tactic that not a lot of people go to, but can be very successful for oh, those yeah. that do, because you're not only people don't not only see your name like if you're on a billboard or if you're in their social media news feed, but they see you out in the community. They see you helping others. They feel like if they call you, they're calling a member of their community rather than just another business that they've heard of through social right. or what have you. So it's hard to outspend the competition. <laughs> of course. So so I again am a criminal defense attorney. We don't traditionally advertise like the Gordon McKernans, the Dudley DeBosiers, the Spencer Callahans of the world. Those are the guys that are having TV commercials. Those are guys that are on billboards, uh, on buses. I mean, Dudley DeBosier, God bless them. They're the official personal injury firm of the LSU Tigers yeah. and New Orleans Saints. That's not cheap. That's not cheap. You can't outspend these guys. And as a newer entrepreneur, I've been practicing law for 13 years, but as a newer solo practitioner, I had to make the conscious decision that I wasn't going to get in a slugout fest or fight with other criminal defense attorneys that had more bankroll than I did. It's guerrilla warfare, right? It's attacking the the marketing and the opportunities, the leads, where other people aren't looking. I, I'll tell you, Patrick, one of the, the most 
vivid story I remember was when I joined the Baton Rouge area chamber and I was going to their luncheons and one of my colleagues was like, why in the world are you joining the chamber? You're the only criminal defense attorney there. What, what are you getting out of that? And I looked at him and I said, you're right. I'm the only criminal defense attorney in the Baton Rouge area chamber. That should tell you something, right? Um, and positioning yourself in those kind of ways. Um, Forum 35, great community organization. Only criminal defense attorney I know in the organization. So it's positioning. It's, it's, it's realizing, hey, there are certain things I can't outspend. I can't get on – getting on TV – it's doable. Right. Advertising is doable, but it would crush my overhead. And if I didn't see an immediate ROI on that, I mean, I would be really behind the eight ball. Whereas, figure out how to position yourself as a quote-unquote you know, commentator. Now, we can't call ourselves experts in our field. Um, I cannot call myself a legal expert in criminal law, but if you're viewed as such because three, radio, three uh, news stations and talk radio is positioning you as an expert – well, that's better than a, than a monthly sponsorship. Um, and in fact, even on top of all that, Go Rouge, which has nothing to do with the law, it's just a let's celebrate the best parts about Baton Rouge, kind of like what you're doing. Right, of course. The Borkhart Law Firm is a sponsor of that show. So while, while it doesn't directly impact the Borkhart Law Firm, when you are a professional attorney and you are the brand, all of it connects back to you. Um, you just have to be open-minded about it, I think. Now, that all being said, it's a lot to juggle. You yeah. Know, I mean, you work full time, you you come home and you do a you do a podcast, right? Right. Now, fortunately for me, I'm only doing a weekly podcast once a week. Uh, the guys on the radio station that do a daily show, that would be very that would be nearly impossible for me. Um, because at the end of the day, I don't know that I could juggle practicing law and doing that. Now, now candidly, if I could generate as much revenue being a radio personality and having a radio show as I practice law, well, then we're having a different conversation at that point. Exactly. But, to, but today, Patrick, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> well, so. And that, you know, exactly like you said, you have these, you found something that no one else wants to go after and you're going after it. So you know how it started? I, I, I don't. I want to know. So how it started was I was sitting on my couch, and this is something I, I've told only a few people. So Baton Rouge has a distinction called 40 under 40. Yes. And I'm sitting on my couch and I'm like, I'm never going to be 40 under 40 as a criminal defense attorney. It's just not going to happen. I don't really bring that much diversity to the table. And I said, what would be so off the wall? What would be so crazy that I can't be ignored? And so I started a social media page called Baton Rouge Brunches. And the idea behind the brunch page was simple. I was going to do brunch reviews. I thought brunch is a lovable thing. So I build a following, do brunch reviews. And it kind of just clicked. And then what we did was I started doing charity brunch events, citywide events where I'd get 30 restaurants involved. We'd raise money for something. They would give a percentage. Well, the idea was to do something so different that it was like, hey, you're that guy. 225 did a story about me. It was great. But somebody astutely pointed out, you're going to run out of brunches. Right. There's only so many brunches in Baton Rouge. Man can't live off brunch alone. Right, right. So that was when I went back to the drawing board and thought, what would give me a a brand without borders? It's not criminal defense. It's not brunch. What would give me the opportunity to talk to anybody? Anybody. And that's where the concept of Go Rouge. It's a celebrate Baton Rouge social media brand. So we already have Visit Baton Rouge, which basically is a tourism a tourist entity that basically helps try to get people to Baton Rouge. We have BRAC, we have, we have Baton Rouge area foundations. We have lots of entities that do great stuff in Baton Rouge. 
And so I started this this project, and it was just started with Facebook and, and taking photos of restaurants and different spots in Baton Rouge, and it grew and it grew and it grew. And so now, fast forward to 2019, I've been 40 under 40 in large part because of all the non-law stuff I did, which only, of course, helped the law stuff. Right, of course. And and now I have, now I have a radio show slash podcast on the major talk radio station in Baton Rouge, Talk 107.3. Could I have predicted that that was going to happen? Not necessarily, but had I not been willing to do something different, I don't think I would have achieved all those things. And look, I got made fun of a lot. The Baton Rouge brunches concept, you know, there were lawyers coming up to me going, man, we are you having lunch today, brunch today, <laughs> you know, and it was funny. It was funny until it became a huge thing. You know, before I was doing as much legal commentary as, as I was doing, um, I eased into a Talk 107.3 show. It was uh, Bill Bill and Kevin. They did a Talk 107.3 morning show. Before me, there wasn't a lot of criminal defense attorneys going on there on the regular, and that spawned some ridicule until Hitler Moore, our district attorney, started going on there, before other people started going on there, because at the end of the day, the radio is a great vehicle to get your message out. But radio isn't enough. And so the benefit of doing this kind of stuff, and you'll attest to this, I'm sure, today is it's not just radio. It's digital. Mm -hmm. In fact, today's episode we did on Facebook Live. Right. And the value of that, think about that. The value of that is it's not just having someone listen in their car. It's having someone sit and watch and being able to share that digital package to where you can put it on your website, you can put it on YouTube. Um, and I got to tell you, you know, I, I will not take credit for being a pioneer on this front, but at 107.3, they all often wondered, why do you want to do Facebook Live for your segments? Well, I knew I wanted to do it so I could share it, not just the audio, but the actual visual experience, because we watch we watch Facebook Live now. We watch YouTube. Right. People so, are, are visual. Humans are visual people. We have to see it to believe it. We have to see correct. it to better uh, digest it. Correct. And look, in the food world, you eat with your eyes first. Absolutely. So point being, um, there was a lot of there was a lot of ridicule on the way, Patrick. But it didn't faze me because I knew I could not do it the way everybody else was doing it. Now, the trade-off is you have to, to work hard to be a good attorney. You, you you can be the best advertiser or positioner, but if you're not delivering a good product, it's it it's gonna it's gonna fall back on you. So on top of all that, it's working your craft, working your practice, trying to figure out that when someone refers someone to you, that you can be the reliable guy, you know, that that they can continue to refer people to. Right. So that is that is the juggling. So um, you know, and it and it works to a certain degree. Sometimes, you know, just like with with any podcast. Sometimes I put something together on the Guru show and it just doesn't work. I have somebody on there that I think, hey, this is going to be a great episode. And like I'm listening to it and I'm, tr I'm trying to work with it. And it's just like, yeah, this is not where I wanted it to be. But it's a learning process. You've probably had people on your show. I mean, we'd like to tell ourselves that every single guest we ever have on, on, on a show is going to be the best guest ever. But the truth, sometimes it just doesn't work. Yeah. And so it's a learning process. And once you learn how to, to really evolve that, you know. And then that's the other thing is. Sometimes you have a direction for your concepts, and then sometimes they just take a direction of their own. 
And then you have to decide, am I going to go with it? Am I going to let the wind in the sail blow me in this direction? Or am I going to pull back on it? Um, Go Rouge has been easy because, I mean, it's just, we're trying to be positive. We're trying to do, you know, you think about, think about like this. People kill to get into the business report 225 and register. In my first month and a half of doing the show, I've had the editor of 225 on my show. I've had the digital content editor on the show. I've got I've got the owner of the entire company lined up for 2020. There's a reason for that, right? And so the storytellers having their story told is 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 alluring, right? It's absolutely. It, it, I mean, nobody ever tells the story of the storytellers, and in, my, in that vein, I've been able to get a lot of cool guests on, including yourself, that ordinarily might not want to do something like that, or maybe just are never asked to do something like that, you know. You, you've probably observed when you invite someone on your show, there is a genuine, there is a genuine, like people, people are, are flattered Now they may be nervous about being on your show, but they're genuinely flattered. And I tell people all the time, I've got to make content. So of course I'm going to have to ask people to be on the show. Yeah. And you know, you know, when someone doesn't want to be on your show and when they don't want to be on your show and you just kind of either keep trying or you, you say, okay, well maybe down the road, you know? So, right. And that's. For people having shows, understanding that difference between those that want to come on the show, eventually they just have a super pa- super packed schedule, right. and those that say, oh yeah, we'll get around to it. Right. You pick up on that very easily, just as anybody would pick up on an ingenuine person when they meet them first face to face. And like the beauty, like you're saying with these shows, is it's attention that nobody's seeking currently heavy, you right. know, across all platforms, across all industries, whether it be law, you know, law, dentistry. Um, accounting for that matter, right. my, you know, my profession, just being that voice inside people's heads that they listen to provides so much more value that whenever they do have a legal question or they do have any need for that type of service, they are know who exactly they're going to call because they've a grown to trust you by watching your Facebook live, by listening to your show and B, they know that you're an expert on this, an expert on the subject matter at hand. So it's amusing to me certain industries want to be on a podcast. They want to be on a show. Um, I have several financial, several financial advisor folks that would love to be sponsors or guests on a show. They have so many rules and regulations, so many rules and regulations about financial advising and giving advice on the air and all this. And I looked at them and I said, you need to be on a show and not talk about what you do, which is counterintuitive, right? You're, they're like, well, wait, I want to, I want to build my business. I want to, I want to talk about what I do. I said, let's be candid. You can only listen to David Ramsey for so long before it's just like, okay, I've listened to enough financial advising. Right. Now, if you get on a show and you're talking about all the good you're doing in the community or all the good your business is doing for a community, you know, the charity event that you guys spearheaded, the, the things that you're passionate about, you develop that trust you talked about. You develop that ability to cultivate a meaningful relationship with people you've you've never you've never actually met and then it's a lot easier to say you know what patrick's patrick's a really good guy he's the kind of guy i would want handling my accounting you know and it just makes sense and it works and that look it's no different for a lot nobody wants to hang out with a criminal defense attorney nobody's like hey it's saturday night let's hang out with a criminal defense attorney i'm generally i'm generally the last person that somebody wants to call for legal aid because the poop has hit the fan so to speak exactly yeah but if you become that trusting, that trusting force in their lives, well, yeah, they got your numbers in their phone. You know, I tell people all the time, I'm like, look, put my cell phone in your 
in your phone. Hopefully, you'll never need it. And they're like, oh, you're giving me your real cell phone? Yeah. Like, hopefully, you'll never need it. But if you do, you, you know a criminal defense attorney, and you have it. And so it's been a while. Look, Patrick, it's been a wild ride doing what I've been doing and how I've been doing it. Um, for whatever reason, people aren't catching on uh, in my field, which is a good thing for me because I'm able to continue to do it. Um, and I think at some point they might. And that just means that it's going to cause it's going to cause another it's going to cause me to have to figure out another, uh, you know, disruptive way of, of changing it up a little bit. You know, I'm not a Polaroid camera. I cannot fight digital. I'll have to figure out something else at that point. So but yeah, so far, so good. It's been a fun ride. And, and look, the folks at Guarantee have been really good to me. Um, I have complete co- creative control over my show. That's um, great. Now, I that that also means that it's on me. If if it doesn't work, it's on me. Um, but I'm not afraid to take some risks because with risks comes good reward. So, you know, I it's just it's just amazing to me though. You know, you've probably encountered people all the time that say, "Hey, I want a podcast." Yes. And you look at them and say, "Well, dude, why don't you just get a podcast going?" And they do want they I think they truly sincerely believe they want a podcast or they want a radio show. But when you start talking to them about what that means, the dedication, the commitment, the the okay, I'm going on vacation in March, that means I have to record a second episode somewhere else to fit that. Or hey, my my partner on my podcast is going on vacation, so that means we're going to have to figure out a way of doing things. That is the obstacle and it's a self-made obstacle, you know. Now, Back to something we were talking about earlier that I, I drew the distinction about podcasts versus radio shows. Mm-hmm. In 2019, I believe there's more value in a podcast with good listenership than a radio show. That's not that I mean. That's not to say that I don't I don't love terrestrial radio, right? But I think a podcast with some umph behind it is more valuable. Now that being said, a podcast that's also on a radio show, and I do think that that's the future. I think that the future is going to be radio show, especially talk radio, it'll be radio shows that are podcasts. Well, and that's that's already happening with morning shows. Mm-hmm. Morning shows are already streaming their they're streaming their shows, right. whether it be through IGTV, Facebook Live, and then they're clipping segments later on to make generate more content. Right. And once they finish their recording, they're uploading it to their website and their platform so people can now listen to today's show right. whenever they want to listen to it. Why and wouldn't you do that? It, it's yeah. it, like, like you said, it's like it's like a no duh. Like, why wouldn't I have this happen all the time? Because when you said you're trying to get people on the show to create content, whenever you have an hour and a half or an hour long video of your show, you have endless pieces of 15 second clips you can cut out and make into little clips, whether it be animation, whether it be real. You can have that just raw data that you can then make content for all types of different platforms that support you know pictures they support video right and it's it like you said it's definitely gonna be in the future it's gonna be quicker it's gonna be here sooner than we think the common concern i hear is man what am i gonna have to talk about for 22 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever so legally unfiltered is 22 minutes go rouge is twice that why is legally unfiltered 22 what's a short legal so the 22 minutes comes from we do a so Talk 107.3 has a weekend podcast kind of network going on. Okay. And 22 minutes fits into a half-hour segment. Eight minutes worth of sponsorships throughout right, the show. Right, right, right. So, so the, the point is, it's sh- and also I like 22 minutes because it's short enough 
to be good content without being too long to be like, hey, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a sport, sports podcast. So a sports podcast can be three hours, and people will listen to it, or they'll listen to the sport of their liking. Yes, and not listen to other stuff. I'm not like that. But that being said, I tell people all the time, I can talk with one other person for 22 minutes on on a couple of topics, and that's easy. But go rouge. I don't just talk. I have guests. And if you have guests, you're not just talking. You're talking to someone. Right. And if you're a good host, they're doing most of the talking. Um, now, that being said, I've learned things like, and we've talked about this off air, I've learned things like, you know, I have 44 minutes. Mm-hmm. Of the 44 minutes, 40 minutes are genuine guest time. Rather than having four guests, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, it'd probably be better for me. I would be better served having a longer segment of 20 minutes with a guest. But it took me doing six episodes to realize, okay, one, I'll have more, I'll have more time with them, which will allow for a better conversation, um, better, better digging into the story and who they are and whatnot. Also, though, if you have four guests every week, at some point you're going to run out of, of viable guests. Now, when I say run out of viable guests, I mean it, it's a hard thing to find show guests. We talked about that today on the Go Roo Show, right? Yes. Um, sometimes they fall on your lap. Sometimes you're like, man, look, this improv troupe is doing great. I've, I've gone to them. I know them. And, yeah, you're going to have people you know on there. But it's hard. It's hard finding just random guests. Now, I have a hack on that because at some point, like for example, uh, Louisiana tech parks, a sponsor. So I'll have an entrepreneur on there once a once a month from the tech part. We'll talk about stuff. Breck Breck is going to be a 2020 sponsor of my show. So I'll have Breck on there. Um, you know, I have Sullivan's as a sponsor, so I'll have different things I can do at Sullivan's to parlay content. But if you're concerned about finding content, everybody's concerned about finding content. And look, the more you do it, the better you get at it. Unless you're just doing really bad, bad stuff, and you know. But you can you can research. There are conferences on how to do better podcasting. There's conferences on how to to blog and write in conjunction to your podcasting. Um, you know, it's just it, it's. I I agree with your overarching assessment, which is you need to just do it. Yeah, you need to. You have a cell phone, like you said to me earlier today. You have a cell phone. You need to start doing it. You know, and if and if your concern is. Well, yeah, but I really want good equipment to do it because the sound on the cell phone is kind of, eh. well, guess what? Over time, you can, it's like any hobby. You're going to invest in it. You're Absolutely. not going to, you're not going to go out. If you decided tomorrow that you wanted to, to, to get into skeet shooting, you're not going to go buy a Browning over under shotgun that costs you thousands of dollars. You may buy a simple pump action to get you trained targeting and then when you get to the point where you need a a browning and you can afford a browning well then maybe you buy browning at that point um i have the radio stations equipment for the guru show and richard likes toys and so for legally unfiltered we have very nice radio quality microphones and equipment um but you know ironically the biggest piece of equipment that we've been struggling to get is the video camera the mevo you know, so that you can record and do Facebook lives. And I fought Richard for three seasons because Richard didn't want to do Facebook. He thought that we would have to video edit. And I said, no, Facebook is Facebook live. You're not going to edit anything on that. You may have to edit the audio 
to make sure that we can actually use it on the radio. <laughs> right, but, make sure it's family friendly. But think about it. You do if you do a a we're doing an audio podcast tonight. Um the editing time for you is going to be whatever the editing time is to cut out some of the dead space or whatever. But if we were doing a Facebook Live, it is what it is. It's it's raw footage, and and you're not really going to edit that. And and look, the natural cadence of how we speak, the the slips of the tongue, the mistakes you make, that's a part of that of 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 this process. And I think people are understanding. I don't think people, you know, I say stupid slips of the mouth on Go Rouge. I did it today at least twice. I just shrug my shoulders and I keep going. It's not it's not a deal breaker. I don't start the the audio over. And candidly, I think people understand that. So. Well, it, it's it's more than understand that they feel like you're more human, right? You know, especially with this type of show, we're you know we're sitting on my back patio, we're sitting by a fire, you know, we're just enjoying the night air, right? It's it's a conversation. I'm not going to go in here and clip out every every time we have a second or two second of dead space because then you no longer feel like you're in a conversation setting. You're in now a formal polished podcast, which right. there is a time and place for that. Right, right, right. If I'm listening to a, a a podcast on a book or a podcast on a show like Serial Podcast where they handle those episodes, they're very crisp, they're very polished, and they're precise with everything that happens. Right. With this, I'm going to tag on music and I'm going to cut out the intro and outro and then post it because – I want it to be as raw and as real as possible. And so the Facebook Live makes complete sense whenever I get to that step where I can Facebook Live every episode. So I tell people on the show before they come on, they're real nervous. They've never been on the radio. I said, it's just a conversation. They're like, yeah, but you seem so natural about it. Well, so, well, a couple of things on that. One, I'm a trained trial attorney. So I feel natural speaking to people. I feel naturally performing in front of juries and courtrooms. But more than that, I forget that we're recording. Now, yes, there's a microphone in front of me, and yes, I can see your laptop that's recording. But if you forget that you're being recorded, the conversation actually is much better. Now, when I say forget that I'm being recorded, I'm not going to drop f bombs right. so that so that we can't use this material. But <laughs> but you know, you just talk to people like you know, how did you get into this, or what what made you think of this idea? Now, what I've observed doing the Pitch BR events, what I've observed talking to a lot of entrepreneurs, and this is interesting to me, is they have they have rehearsed a PR conversation in their minds. So you're getting the elevator speech or you're getting what they've been told to say, and you want to look at them and say, yeah, I, I get that that's what you think you need to tell me. But no, let's really talk about your idea. Let's really talk. Look, it's 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 okay to be real with me. It's okay to be who you are. You know, and so if you can peel back a couple of layers, and, and I get it, right? This is their baby. Yeah. This is this is the mortgage on their house. This is the difference between them buying their house. This is the difference between them maybe being able to, to turn from entrepreneur to investor. I get all that, but man, when you can just peel back some of the layers and be who you really are, you know, and, and look, pitches are different, right? When you're pitching to uh, an investor, that's different. When you're talking to someone like me about, hey, what's what's your business doing? I talked to a lady tonight that does phones and hospitals, and like she has a few patents on on that, and we were just talking. I was just asking her questions about what what's it like being in that field. You know, I'm not I'm not an investor. I'm not. You don't have to pitch to me. And we just talked about it. That conversation sounds so much better on the radio and in person than the conversation where you're like, man, I just these are the bullet points my marketing PR person said I need to get out. And and look again. Does pitching happen in my profession? Sure. When I'm talking to a a, a PNC, if you will, potential new client. Yeah, I'm making a pitch, but it's not the same pitch as as let me tell you all about the Borkhart Law Firm and this, that, and the other. 
most of the time in my business, they've already looked me up before they've gotten it to me. And hopefully, hopefully, and thankfully, what they're seeing is positive stuff on Google. And again, again, I can't outspend Google SEOs. Right. So I'm not going to try to. And, and if it's a warm referral, then my job is just to make sure they feel that warm and fuzzy feeling they got when they talked to the person that got them to me so that I can reinforce that. So, um, but yeah, it's, uh, this process of doing a podcast or a radio show, radio show, actually to me, radio show is much more difficult because it's truly live. Right. It is truly yeah. live. So Thursday after Christmas, um, I am going to be on talk one seven point three doing legally served, which is a 30 minute segment with Brian Haldane. That is, that is hugely live. There's no way around it. So when I'm doing that, it's the same conversation style, but I'm a lot more vigilant about what I'm saying because I cannot, even though I may not take it back into Facebook Live, I really can't take it back in a live, you know, radio show. Now, what is interesting to me, and when you start doing Facebook Lives, you'll notice this phenomenon, as you gather listeners and watchers, mm-hmm. viewers, mm-hmm they're going to start doing comments on what you're saying. And then you're playing the game of, am I talking to my guest or am I trying to keep an eye on the comments? And that's when having a production person helping you really is helpful because they can kind of cue you in on, Hey, Bob from wherever says he has a really good question and they can feed you those questions so that you're not the hardest thing for me. Patrick has been, I use my cell phone to communicate during my recording sessions with, with production and all that. Right. And I hate seeing myself playing on my cell phone while I'm talking to somebody because it's, it's rude. Um, it looks like I don't give a heck about what's going on when it couldn't be further from the truth, but I don't feel like I'm listening with 110%. So again, having a production person that can actually look at the time and say, Hey, you got five minutes left or a hand signal that says, Hey, five minutes. That is so much more helpful. But again, when you're starting this process out, there's cheats. You can yeah. and and look, just getting the this is art. You're getting your piece of art out there, whether you view it as art or not. This is this is creativity. This is art. You know, look, think about think about a year from now when you're still doing the show. How many people you have interviewed, and and not just interviewed, but how many people you will have connected with because you interviewed ten people. And they're going to tell you, hey, you need to talk to this person. That's the biggest The biggest thing I ask from my guests is, hey, if you can think of somebody that needs that needs to be on this radio show, connect me. Because that gives me content. That helps discover new people that may never have been on a radio show. Look, the AG, the attorney general is going to be on the radio show. Yeah. You know, the, the, the congressman is going to be on the radio show. The guy that's starting a small business that's making something really cool that really makes people's lives better, they may not get on a radio show, but maybe they'll be on my show or maybe they'll be on your show and maybe they'll get some more viewers and maybe those viewers will, will, will lead to an investor. Right. And everybody wins. And and, and that was the whole mentality behind the show. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted to, people say that they want to go out and change the world and they want to start at the world level. And I'm like, I want to go out and just change my community. Right. Because once you start growing your community and you start making everybody aware of the shop down the street that just opened up that no one knows about, you're now going to drive your local economy. You're going to drive your local support. And now people are starting to pay attention from outside of the community. 
And then they start calling you and saying, hey, can we do a teleconference? Hey, right. can we do a teleshow? And then that's how you just organically start growing beyond your community. But at the same time, you're still letting that brand new student or that brand new entrepreneur come on the show and have their story told. Well, and it, it also makes you grounded. Absolutely. Right? So I could do a radio show podcast about all the things wrong with Baton Rouge. And while that would be entertaining and piss a lot of people off, I don't know that that would better anything. Or I can do a positive show where I highlight all the good, highlight all the good things going on in our city. It's certainly more difficult to do that than to just complain about the school system, complain about right. education, complain about crime. Uh, now, those are going to be things I have on the show, but from a positive perspective, because I want people to realize things are not as bad as you think they are. There are things that we need to work on, but but yeah, the organic grassroots level. And by the way, that's how you build a tribe. You build a tribe by hi highlighting the guy or gal that is not getting high highlighted. That person has way more friends that are invested in their well-being than the person you, you want to interview a celebrity. Well, they may be well known, but how many of those people of the celebrity, how many of those well people are genuinely invested in that person's well-being versus just being quote unquote fans? Right. Now, you want to have both, right? It would, yeah. it would be amazing for you to interview, you know, the the CEO of give me a, a entrepreneur or Brandon Landry from from Walk-Ons. Right. That'd be an amazing interview, right? That would get you a lot of attention. But interviewing a mom and pop that just started a bakery or someone that has a new concept, you know, a new tech medical tech, you know, app, that might be more fulfilling, you know. And ultimately, in the back of your mind, you know, here's the other thing. Most of us that are doing this, we're not doing this to monetize stuff. But, yeah, it sure would be nice to make a little bit of money so that right, you can put it course. back in your business. And by business, I mean put it back into the actual podcast. So that's also how you meet good investors in your show is the person that starts on the ground floor that isn't able to sponsor you in year one. But in year two, when they've made their, their millions – they remember that you gave them a shot. Maybe they're interested in, 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 in advertising on your show. Um, people ask me, like, how the, the heck did you get Breck? Well, I went and talked to them. I cultivated the relationship. I cultivated promoting their events. For the first three years of Go Rouge, I was just highlighting people for the sake of highlighting them. And I still highlight people just for the sake of highlighting them. Now, yes, I have sponsors for the show so I can have the show. But it doesn't mean I'm not going to – I mean, when I do a post about the Patty G show, nobody's paying me to do that. That's just a good thing I want to do because, candidly, I've been where you are in terms of the development of Legally Unfiltered. And I can – dude, in season one of Legally Unfiltered, we had things that we were talking about that were good content, but we didn't know how to exactly deliver them. It took us a while to do the intro. It took us a while to get our rhythm down of we know what we can talk about in 22 minutes. We know how to talk about it in 22 minutes. Sometimes we have guests. Most of the time, it's just us talking about a legal topic. And, dude, over time, it just became a thing. Now, the Legally Unfiltered show is not nearly as popular thus far, which is weird because I love the law more than anything else. <laughs> right. It's not nearly as popular as the Let's Celebrate the Baton Rouge show, but that's okay with me. It's it's It's... I don't know. I don't know. Like the legal, the legal show is difficult to measure because I don't know. I know that people are listening. I can look at the, the demographics from the podcast channels, but I can't tell you the full scope of it because it, it, it exists in the digital world. So, you know, one of my buddies from Michigan, who's a criminal defense attorney, may listen to it. And I may not know that he l listens to it until he tells me, hey, I heard your show the other day and it was really cool. 
this is giving this go rouge concept gives me a little bit more immediate feedback because I'm looking at the views on Facebook Live. I'm listening to the commentary. I'm getting messages from people. Hey, I really like what you covered in that that show. The hard thing about this process, though, is going to be, and at some point you're going to experience this, is when you have to start telling people no. They want to be on your show, but maybe they're just not ready. Right. Maybe it's just not something that would be appropriate for your show. Telling people no is difficult. Yes. Because at first you're so you're so appreciative of having content that like anybody that wants to be on your show, you're like, yeah, for the most part, yeah, you can be on there. Then later you're like, mm, this this holistic medicine person that does holistic veterinarian medicine, I don't know that that's a good fit for for the brand. And maybe we'll wait on this. And then you become the guy that's saying no without saying no. Right. You know? So you say, look, we're at, at at the time we're not ready for you to come on the show. But let me see if I can put I can put in a schedule, I can put right. in a, a format where you can come on the show and I don't have to worry about or silence anything that you say. And so then once I'm ready, I can bring you on the show. So restaurants are a good example. So I love restaurants. I love food here. I'm appreciative of the symbiotic relationship I have with a lot of restaurants when they participate in my charity events. But I tell these restaurants, you don't want to be on the radio show. And they're like, huh? I said, you don't want to be on the radio show. You would be better served me taking fix- coming to your restaurant and taking pictures and posting them. You would be better served with me coming to your restaurant and doing a Facebook Live, an organic Facebook Live from your restaurant. You being on the radio where nobody can see your food. You can't cook. I mean, you can cook at 107.3, but you really can't cook at 107.3. Right. People, they do it on, on talk 107.3, but it's not, it's not pragmatic. So I tell restaurants this, which is my way of saying, look, if you really push, I'll probably put you on there. But no, you really there's more there's more return for you if I just go to your restaurant and eat and take a picture of the good food. Right. You know, now what's really hard is when it's a restaurant I don't like that I or that's not involved in the community. They're not producing a good product. That gets to be a little bit more tricky. And then I then I have that that hard talk about, look, I just. I don't think we're a good fit for each other. I think you, you, you need to find somebody that better champions your brand. Um, and it's 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 easier when they never participate in the community events. It's it's harder. It's harder when they're all over them. Yeah, but they're just not a good restaurant. <laughs> but 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 you know what? Food is food. So it's it's kind of I fortunately have not had to run into that problem a lot. Um, and then it really is the. The restaurants that never participate in any community events and never really do anything, that's that's when you have that frank conversation with them of look, I'd love to put you on a on a on a platform, I'd love to advertise for you and, and promote you, but I got I gotta see you more invested in your own community. And by that I mean I need to see you doing charity work, I need you 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 showing up when we have a charity event or just participating. Right. Now, most of them are smart though. Like any disruptive advertising, they know it's cheaper it's cheaper and more profitable for them to produce a good product that I take a photo of and charge them nothing to put on a social media page that has nearly 15,000 likes and follows. Yeah. But I digress. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, it's, it's a fun, it's a fun journey. Um, You know, the hard, the really hard thing and you're, you're married. So, you know, this. the really hard thing is balancing home life and all this craziness. I have a four year old son. I have a wife that's, that's awesome and very understanding, but you know, sometimes you have to remind yourself that there are priorities out there. And even as an entrepreneur, there's right. priorities that don't involve sitting on a porch, smoking cigars and, and doing a podcast. Tonight is not that instance, <laughs> by the way. Um, and by the way, folks, we are smoking very good cigars while we talk to you guys. Um, you were smoking a Tetawahi or the LFD. 
from Havana Port, and I'm smoking. Yeah, and I'm smoking Andalusian Bull. Both both purchased at Havana Port Cigars. Shout out to Havana Port Cigars. Um, so yeah, man. So how about you, man? How are things going with you and in life and juggling everything? Things things are going well, like you said. You know, you have to in order to be successful, you have to have, find that balance mm-hmm. in the home life. You have to find, you know, somebody who's going to support you every step of the way. And they're also going to be there to kind of pull back the reins and say, "Hey, I'm still here. Right? Why don't you? Uh, why don't you reschedule this to next week or something? Right. You know, right. you've got, you know, like for me, like coming in January, I've got, I think I have three or four shows lined up for one week, and after that week, I've got a dead week. Right. And so it's finding that I look how to do it then to work with these people's schedules, but also I'm not scheduled anything for after this. That's so, a big reason so- why I took off. Christmas because right. they're they're published every Wednesday, right. and so that's why in the last episode it was hey guys last episode of the year so this will be the first 2020 episode, and so it's I took those two weeks off to spend time with family and to really you know make sure the home life is keeps going. So you just described a wonderful way of hacking this process. If you're starting this and you really want to be committed to this, there's no reason you can't record two or three episodes in a sitting. And in fact, with the Legally Unfiltered podcast, which is only 22 minutes, we do that. We often do two or three. Right. Um, And by doing that, we don't have to record every single week. Now, what we've done on that is we have decided collectively that Monday afternoons at 4.30 is our recording time. So unless we have a whole bunch in the bank, we're going to record on Mondays. Now, the disadvantage of doing that is... In the Legally Unfiltered podcast, we are talking about current media events. So if we don't jump on topics sometimes, then, you know. Now, Go Rouge, there's nothing that would stop me from doing two or three because it's not hot new new topics that we need to absolutely cover. Right. And I, and I highly encourage you to record the way you're recording and taking weeks where you just don't record. Because if all you're doing is figuring out what show you're going to do next – you're going to miss out on things, I think, both at home and then also in the community because you're the view of I need to find content versus the view of I'm just looking at what's going on. Because sometimes that will lead to the content. But if you're – I just find that it's better for me if I'm not constantly looking for this is the next guest on the show. And, you know, and, and frankly, sometimes that's how it manifests itself is I'm not looking. Someone says – Hey, you have this show. Have you talked to Meredith Wagesback from Sweet Baton Rouge? And I'm like, I, no, I haven't. She's doing really cool stuff. And by the way, she's not just selling clothing branding. She's also doing wellness and fitness. And so right. that was how I got her as a guest. It was not, I need content, I need content, I need content. It was someone saying, hey, you need to connect to this person. Um, but yeah, you definitely have to walk that tightrope of... You know, tonight, for example, for me at home, my wife is, my son is at his aunt's house, which is down the street from where we live, um, until I get done here and I'm going to go pick him up. And my wife is visiting with some of her her female friends for a Christmas dinner. So it was a compromise. Look, you can go do this podcast with the Patty G Show. Got to go do it. <laughs> but the understanding is, is that when I leave here, I'm not going to just slum on the porch and, and, and smoke really good cigars. I'm going to go home and pick up my son. Right. Um, while I would rather just hang out and smoke really good scars. So, yeah, I think I think scheduling, I think scheduling and and making a co- making a cognitive decision that you know what, my priorities are going to be my my home and that's going to have to come first. Right. Um it's hard for me I hit one this week. I'll I'll share, I'll share it with you. So Go Rouge does does 
large-scale events through a company called Gorus Productions. It's all charity events. And we are planning the second annual Wingamania Chicken Wing Festival. And it's going to be in March. And the date that I scheduled it in March, which I thought was a wonderful date, is at the tail end of a trip to Disney. So now I have a decision to make. Do I move the event, which I don't want to do? Do I fly home early, which my wife says is okay, but, but may does not really say it's right. okay? Or do I not attend my own event? And it would be fine if I didn't attend my own event, but then I have the guilt of I'm I'm doing this large scale charity event to help Mary Bird Perkins and to fight breast cancer. How can I not be at my own event? Right. So that is a classic example of I'm going to have to do some prioritizing now. Fortunately, I do have a very understanding wife, and she has said, "Look, if you need to fly home early, that's fine. You're just going to be you're going to miss out on some of the Disney fun." Okay, well, fair, you know. Um, but scheduling is so critical, and working around other people's scheduling is difficult, and, you know. And willing to be flexible, mm-hmm. you know. For some people, they want they have a date and they have a, a date and a time in mind, and that's that's you can't you can't budge for radio. It's understandable, right? You know, but. For this style of show, if I have to meet with somebody at midnight or 10 o'clock in the, at night because that's when the only time they can do it, then I say not a problem. Right. Because If they're going to meet you more than halfway, exactly. you, can, you can. Now, look, that's not, that's not the desired time for recording. No, but, never. So, and it's hard when you're doing 1030 in the morning. Mm-hmm. You have to get off work. Yep. Yeah, you had to tell your company today, hey, I'm going to be on a radio show today. Yep. What do they say? You know, do they say, <laughs> okay, I understand it, or do they say, okay, you're burning your lunch break? You know. That's that's how I I that's how you sometimes have to pitch it. In which that is the way that I told them, like, look, I'm gonna have an early lunch. Okay. I'm like, I'm not gonna come back and then sit for another hour, hour and a half and have a good lunch break. Like I'm gonna go, I'm gonna use this as my lunchtime, and when I get back, I'm just gonna eat at my desk and work through and it. And inevitably, if they're smart, they also realize, hey, he's gonna talk about who he works for. Which you, I think at some point you mentioned that. So, right. um, getting there was, I'll give you a great example. I have a group of women that are different professions. One's an engineer, one's a doctor, one is works for New Schools of Baton Rouge. And they are all friends from high school and they are competitive runners. Okay. And so they do Ironman okay. competitions across the country. I love their story and I know them and I want to get mm-hmm. them on the show. I have not been able to, to wrangle them. Because one of them, the doctor, can't get off at 10.30 on a Tuesday. The engineer is an engineer. The right. the the new school's uh, guest can come on, but I need more than just one of them. You know, So in terms of the show, in terms of getting guests, that's an obstacle sometimes. Now, fortunately, the other side of it is, Patrick, the other side is people want to be on your show. Once you become a thing, people want to be on your show, and so they are willing to accommodate you, especially, take, for example, Latco. Latco doesn't have a traditional nine-to-five job. They're, they're the leather apron uh, theater company that does improv. So they're an improv troupe. They don't have a nine-to-five. So, of course, they were willing to come to the studio today at 10, 30, and get on for, for 10 minutes because the, the value from an advertising standpoint was huge for them. Uh, Kenny Wynn you know, from 368 was on the show today. That dude works more than anybody else I know. I was surprised, candidly. It's hard to, it's hard to snare him into a time slot. And candidly, I was, I was appreciative that he made time for me. 
it just you know, but if Brandon Landry, for example, if you were trying to wrangle him on your show, and Brandon said, I, I think you're you're candidly right. Hey, I can I can interview at eleven o'clock at night at Walk-Ons. You're bringing your equipment to Walk-Ons, and you're going to go interview him. Hundred percent. Yeah, and that's I had I've already had to do that for an earlier episode for uh, when I had Broad Genie. I had Jeannie Emery. She mm-hmm. came on the show to talk about Broad Genie. Right. But she lives and works at her Covington store, mm-hmm. and she's like, I'd be more than happy to come on the show. Um, when is a good time to do it? I'm like, when's a good time for you to do it? Right. I can get I get off at four thirty. I can head. I was it wasn't even a question of asking her, can you come here? It's if you offer first. Mm-hmm. Hey, I will meet you at your place of business. For me, I'm lucky that I have the ability to do that because right. everything's mobile for me. And so I, sh- I sure enough, I got in my truck and I drove to Covington and recorded the show in her office at her store. And so that with this podcast setting, you have to be willing to do that, or you're not going to get guests on your show. So let's talk equipment for a second we talked about it today and and i know this is not about how you were setting up your podcast but i always like from an educational standpoint absolutely i i have links in every one of my show notes to this setup i like i like what you have going on we're sitting on by the way guys if if you're you're listening which i hope you are (laughs) maybe um, one person we're sitting we're sitting on very comfortable patio chairs and the and the microphones are basically attached to the to the chairs it works perfectly i you know i'm not I, I can't hear the sound going in but i'm watching it on your laptop i know what that looks like from when i do it so this is i mean this couldn't be a easier more laid-back environment the hard thing and i do i do on-site thirsty thursdays at sullivan's for 15 minutes the hard thing is convincing everybody to turn the music down to use your cell phone which for christmas hopefully i'm getting a cell phone microphone that i can use with a tripod to to do that in a space that does not accommodate good sound quality because when you're doing Facebook Live, your your client, your customer, your sponsor, rightfully so, wants to show everybody how wonderful it is at happy hour at their restaurant, which you're happy to accommodate them with, but that's not conducive of good sound quality. Absolutely. Unless you just embrace that that's what, you're going to have because you want to show that. Um, we do the Legally Unfiltered podcast in Richard's conference room in his law office, which is downtown. Um, it's acoustically great, but if there's loud people outside, we have to we have to tell them. You, you don't mind being quiet a little bit, which, by the way, it's their office too. So it's like you're telling somebody, <laughs> hey, can you shut up a little yeah, bit? So be quiet in your own space. But it's funny, though, what the phenomenon that happens there, though, Patrick, is they like the fact that we're recording the podcast there. And they want to know what we're talking about. And we've even tried to invite some of the attorneys to come on with us, and they're kind of shy about it. And they're like, yeah, we're good, we're good. But but it's it's a weird thing when you're producing something and people are your people are rooting for you, then they they're more willing to accommodate. Sullivan's always turns the volume down, of course, because you know, and candidly, you can't Facebook Live if there's copyright music playing in the background that you're gonna re- replay. Right. Because it won't, it won't, it won't Facebook will take you off so fast. Right, and so once you tell that to to someone, they turn the volume down. Yes, um, because so. they want the show to be aired, and they want to have their atmosphere heard. And it's so when we dive into equipment, this equipment is like what I said on your show this morning is not perfect. It was right. a it was a cheap first startup, but I've already been researching. I spent you know hours and hours researching the next setup of equipment, and I've found that what's going to work best for me because I want to maintain this outside comfortable setting that we have right now is a true interview microphone used by news stations. Right. 
and it has the way that it works is the, the lapel or no, not the lapel. It's those long ones that you see them at yeah. field reporters yeah. use. Yeah. And you always wonder how in the world are they not getting, you know, a truck that's running by, how right. are they not picking that up? Well, it's, it's on the inside of the equipment. It's wet wavelengths they pick up and how it's designed. So this microphone, unfortunately, we're going to get all the dogs barking in the background. That's just what happens when you record in a neighborhood. But those microphones are designated to only pick up vocals and they, have tested these in garages. They've tested these at actual events. And when you listen to them coming through the microphone, you're only hearing the voices. Right. So in a setting that you would have in a restaurant for a Facebook Live, the microphone you're getting, I'm sure, has a setup or it's designed similarly to that, to where it only picks up the vocals and then you can get true sound quality. But like you said earlier, people always want to get the best of the best whenever they're first starting. And I'm Which like, they don't necessarily need. They don't necessarily need because they don't necessarily know how to utilize all right. of the features. So, so it's interesting because Richard, like I said, is a toy guy. Richard has a background in radio and TV. So we have the sound difference between version one microphones we're using and version three microphones we're using um, is incredible. And then also the benefit of buying multiple microphones is we can now have four people, five people on at once. Absolutely. Um I also tell people, and as the accountant in you will love this, keep <laughs> track of all your expenditures. Go Rouge is an LLC. Mm-hmm. So I am writing off everything I spend on the on the business. It's now a radio show that generates income. So I'm I'm recording every single dollar and cent I spend. Now I won't be able to write off everything, right? But equipment, when I buy equipment, will certainly be in that bundle. Um, so, so there is a light at the end of the tunnel with regard to the expenditures. Um, I like the mobile capabilities of a good microphone that goes into your cell phone or a tablet. Um, especially if you're recording for Facebook live, which by the way, the new iPhones, the 11, that video camera system is incredible. Absolutely. You don't need a true video camera if you have something like that. Right. So, so we're using for our our legal show, we are using a 11 cell phone jimmied with a microphone that goes into the cell phone. It is one. The sound quality is great. The video quality is great. Um, they use a Mevo at, I think it's, I think it's called Mevo. I don't know what it's called. Talk 107.3 has multiple cameras in different positions, but the, but it's, but the big thing is it's dummy proof. It connects to the hardware. It connects to social media. And I will tell people, if you're buying equipment, get it to where it works easy. Yes. So, so if you want a mixing board, that's great. But getting, you know, and and look, AM Exiles, Bill, Bill Profita and Kevin Gallagher, they do a morning podcast show twice a week. I've been a guest on it several times. They have a mixing board. They have a laptop, a mixing board, a camera, really good microphones. Well, they know what they're doing. So that was all something that's very easy for them. It's not intimidating for them to set it up. But candidly, if you're just starting out, Man, a good microphone and 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 something you can plug into, that could not be more dummy proof. And I got to tell you, when you have a finite amount of time to record, time makes a difference. Absolutely. So, um, I tell people also, there is an advantage. There is an advantage to doing Facebook Live video or videoing your podcasts uh, when you're first starting out, because candidly, when you start a new podcast and put it on iTunes. Who's who's finding that? How are they finding it? 
when you start with your tribe and you're posting on your Facebook or you're going to your Facebook page, look, Go Rouge has 15,000 likes, followers, plus or minus. I think it's actually at 14,000. That doesn't mean that 14,000 people are viewing the video. Right. But if I get two or 3,000, that's a lot for something I'm not boosting. And in fact, what's killing me is, and this is no slight on 107.3, the Facebook Live goes through through 107.3, which has about half my 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 tribe. So I cannot boost what they're doing. Now I guess I could I could go through them and say, hey, I'm paying for the boost, but I can't boost it. And and to work around the algorithm, sometimes you have to boost. Yeah, especially with where Facebook is going with their price point and their algorithms, mm-hmm. they are now. Beforehand, you know, back in, I think it was 2007 or 2008, your organic reach through Facebook using certain hashtags or tagging certain people was impressive. Right. Now, if you're not paying for it, you better have a lot of people sharing it. So we started with Go Rouge before it was a radio show. We started years ago with a thing we called Leading BR, which is a part of the show where we feature leaders. Yes. I interviewed Ryan Harris from the Chess Academy of Baton Rouge. Ryan, great guest. We talked about Chess Academy. We had 10,000 views of this video. Unboosted. 10,000. Before the algorithm. Right. Before the change. So we're talking to one of our contacts at Facebook, and she's like, man, that's amazing for your market. That's a lot of views for your market. It doesn't seem like it, but it's a lot of views. Well, then the algorithm changes. And so now, when I did the Leading BR episodes, if I got fifteen to 2,000, which is tough... I was happy, and then I had to make a decision on do I want to boost it or not? And then what do I get out of boosting? And boosting for the uninitiated is basically pay to click or pay to pay to get out there. You still have to have people listen to your content. Yes. You're just putting it in front of them more accessibly. So it's tough, you know, and 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 look, I'm not gonna lie to you. I am the guy that that periodically, as I sit here, for example, I'm periodically checking the number of views from today's show. I told my producer today, hey, I think this is going to be a higher-viewed show. Well, what does that mean? I think I'm going to crack 1,000 by the end of the of the uh, middle, middle of this week, even with Christmas, and I'm already at 722 22 show, views. Right. That's that's a lot of views. That's, that's a lot of views for something I can't boost. Um, now, what will happen is when I get it on YouTube, that will change some things. And then that's another conversation about getting things on YouTube, um, which I don't know how to do, but it's not as difficult as I probably think it is. It's essentially the same as uploading a podcast to a network. You upload the video, you add the meta tags, and from there you then share the link. Right. So it's, but the problem, problem with YouTube, until you hit a thousand subscribers, you have a mile long URL. Right which is just a bunch of random numbers and letters that if you were to type that out, you can't say, hey, go to my YouTube channel, YouTube slash Go Rouge, YouTube slash The Patty G Show. Until I hit 1,000, it's going to be YouTube slash XYZ12345. You've got to direct them to something where they can click and then, you know. So, and another tool that I found is incredible that I use, it's my main link, is called Linktree. You talked about that earlier today. Linktree is in, is amazing because I have linked on Linktree every place that you can listen to my podcast with a click of a button. So okay. when you pull up Linktree, it's going to be like if on your smartphone, for example, I'll show you and I'll do a tutorial later on how it works for other people. So if you click on the link on Linktree, you now have every place that I can li- that I leak that I'm linked by their names. 
Right. So if you click on website, you click on, you know, Radio Public, Breaker Podcast, you're not seeing my URL that was generated to get that button. You're clicking that button and you're going directly to that link to listen to the show. Can you put Linktree on your website yes. for people? So that's 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 what I I do with WordPress. So on my WordPress site, you're gonna have and every all my show notes and every single show I've published in the notes is or in the descriptions is podcast link. It's not actually a link to bring you to my website. It's gonna bring you to my link tree. And when you click on that, you can pick where you want to go. Right. You can go to iTunes. You can go to Spotify. Does you can go keep, to iHeartRadio. Does it keep track of your metrics? Yes. Okay. Well, so, so you know, you know, and this, by the way, guys, this is important. Knowing where people are going to find you, whether it's iTunes, whether it's Google Play, whether it's um, we do SoundCloud. Right now, right now we do SoundCloud, Google Play, um, iTunes, and Alexa. Apparently now too. Alexa's she's but wonderful. But we are not we are not for for legally unfiltered. We're keeping it small and compact. We could benefit from a, from something like this, to where you can get it on everything. And I told, and in fact, I told the people that are going to be doing the podcast work for <clears throat> for Go Rouge, I want it to be where it's dumped everywhere it needs to go, on every fathomable podcast because people are not just listening on iTunes. No, you know which which. It's counterintuitive, right? We think that people are just listening on iTunes, but I I get from the from the listens that I can track, and the only reason I can't track all of them is because, like you said, that work life balance. I'm still trying to get everything set up. Plus, I don't pay for anything, so well, I am I am yeah. so low buck with this show as far as what I pay for and what I don't pay for that I'm limited to my 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 views. I'm limited to my data, but when the stuff I can track, most of my listens come from Spotify. That's interesting. Most of them come from Spotify. The second highest is iTunes. And what would you say you're averaging per episode? Averaging per episode, full listens is 30, 30 to 40 a show. Now That's I've got, fantastic. I've got some that get 70. I've got right. some that get 80. You know, and so for me, I'm like, I've been doing this for two and a half months. That's I'm like, pr- That's incredible f- for me. So, And what's baffling to me is I go on SoundCloud. We picked SoundCloud because we can actually view listens, right? I go on SoundCloud and I think an episode of Legally Unfiltered that should, on all accounts in my mind, have like 100 to 150 listens has 7580. Yes. But another one, which I thought was not very enticing or appealing, will be a high volume, a high volume trafficked episode. Now, I'm basing all my metrics on the Go Rouge show based on the views. Right. Because that's the only thing I have to measure at this point. So it, Look, and, and and my point behind this is find people like Patrick who who know how to get it on different servers because your strength may be making the podcast, but your strength may not be doing something with the podcast once you make it. Right. And, and it may be that it's not a bad podcast, that it's – it may not be that it's not getting views because it's a bad podcast. It may just be you don't have it in the right place. Exactly. You know, and so now – Terrestrial radio is interesting for me because they can look at the metrics of listens. I'm on Saturdays at noon, starting the first week of January. So let's talk about that. Saturday at noon is probably not the best time, but in a digital world, it doesn't matter when I'm on the radio. It only matters on what time I'm on the radio from radio metrics. For everything else, it's it's where can the, the listener find it? Where can they listen? And, and that's where Linktree comes into play. Yeah. Because I find that the easiest thing that I can do is put it to as many platforms so I'm not restricting people. Does Linktree 
do that for you? And you had to go and find those platforms or? No, that's where Anchor FM, Anchor.FM comes into play. Anchor.FM is what you would call my podcast hosting site. Okay. So on Anchor, that has generated my RSS feed. Anchor distributes it automatically because I have my RSS feeds linked to all these other places. They automatically upload as soon as a new episode is published. Okay. So for example, iHeartRadio, they are not on Anchor. Anchor does not link you to them. They don't submit it. I had to personally go and submit it to um, iHeartRadio as well as I think TuneIn Radio. So I had to go personally upload, create an account, and make and copy and paste my RSS feed. So now every time I post a new episode, it automatically is updated on that that specific platform. So I know we're running low on time, but I've got all the time in the world. (laughs) So okay. Let's say you don't know any about. I mean, look fr- from a from a advertising standpoint, from a marketing PR standpoint, I fall into the boat of I've got content, yes, and I've got a little tribe, yes, but I need to learn. I'm that listener to this podcast that needs to learn how to do what you're describing. What were some good resources for you when you were starting out? Because it, it sounds like you figured it out as you kind of went along. That and, in all honesty, there is a, a podcast called How to Podcast. Really? I listened to that show for probably two and a half months before I even bought the first before piece of equipment. Before you put your big toe in the water. Exactly. And because I don't – while I like to jump in things head first and figure it out along the way, I also like to go in with an educated guess. You're an accountant. I yes. get it. I understand. Yes. And and so that to me was crucial because I not only was able to listen and learn some tips and tricks of the trade before I got started and to avoid some mistakes prior to starting. Right. I actually got a lot of tools of how to, what websites, which equipment. And they led me on to Anchor. And I had no idea what in the world Anchor was. Right. And after doing some research, watching some tutorial videos on YouTube, I was like, okay, this is easy. This is a no-brainer. And from there, it was all a matter of actually sitting and putting, getting to it, actually recording it and going out there. So for those companies that are looking at this from an advertising standpoint, a lot of companies, when they look at shows or radio shows, they want to know your CPMs. You know, they want to know how many people are listening, how many people are clicking, what your reach is, and then they're going to give you a value if they're going to pay for that. But for the companies who want to start their own show, it's as simple as, like I said, on Go Rouge, using your phone and uploading right. it to Anchor, who's going to get you in places that you couldn't have gotten by yourself right. because they've already established these connections with these big companies. They already have the process on the back end put in place that I wouldn't know the first thing about. So, and then when you get to a position where you can quote unquote pay to play, then that gives you a little bit more. It gives leverage. you it gives you a lot more leverage because you now can, whenever you do go to those those sites, you can now pay them to get you a certain type of ranking. Oh, that's and, nice. And you can once you get the ranking, then you can start saying, "Everybody, go here. Give me a five star review. Give me a comment." Right. And Facebook and social media is probably the biggest thing that people tend to look away from. They see it as oh, that's the place I'm going to go and see what my friend did this weekend, or that's the place that my kids are on. But right. that's that's where everybody's attention is. So that's – I spend all my energy on Facebook. Um, Google reviews also. I spend a lot – with my firm at least, I spend a lot of effort trying to steer clients that I've done good work for there, um, which I'm content with. Right. Right? Because ultimately, 
from a from a tribe standpoint, that's where my tribe is. Exactly. You know, I don't nearly. I was laughing the other day. My Twitter Garouge account is is weak by comparison. But that's because I don't I don't translate well to that platform. And candidly, I don't need to. Yes. Um, I'm not saying I wouldn't love to have fourteen thousand followers on Twitter. It's not a priority. Right. My priority is build the tribe on one to where you can convince the tribe to follow you to other places, which is tough, by the way. You well, know, just because you have 5,000 likes on a page and 5,000 follows doesn't mean they're going to do anything for you. That may just mean that they clicked like. Exactly. You know, and that's translating that into action is a, a wonderful daily, you know, wrestling match that I have with my law firm Facebook page of what can I post that will get some attention, that will get some interaction, because I want interaction. Yes. I'll post on Go Rouge sometimes, what's your favorite whatever in Baton Rouge? And I want them to start going at it. I want them to talk. You know, uh, you know, one of the things that we're talking about doing is a North Baton Rouge um, eat, eat run, because I don't know any of the places to eat in North Baton Rouge. I just don't go there a lot. So we're going to start finding places in North Baton Rouge to go eat. So if I make a post that says, hey, what are some good places to eat in North Baton Rouge besides Tony's? Right. I'm going to get some response because people like, for better or for worse, on Facebook, they like sharing their opinions, <laughs> whether you ask them to or not. <laughs> they're, you know? and, they're, and they're going to always share their opinion. Right. And what what I find that I haven't heard you since we've been you know discussing the show and since i've been on the go rouge and everything a platform i haven't heard you mention that i think would be beneficial to not only the law firm but also the shows is linkedin Mm. linkedin has the algorithm of a 2005 facebook right now getting organic so for example my linkedin page um for the show has i think 32 followers as of today i reach four to five hundred people per post on linkedin now, Instagram, I reach close to seven or eight hundred people per post, and I only have. Tw- I now just converted uh, to a new link uh, Instagram page, and so across the platform, I'm getting several thousand impressions, couple hundred click-throughs, which boil then down to a handful of listens. I think it would be relatively easy for me to set up a Go Rouge LinkedIn. Hundred percent. I have a Borkhart Law Firm one that I'm getting scolded about by my marketing PR P- PR people because I don't use it a lot. Um, and it's tricky for me because I don't know if my Facebook posts for the Borkhart Law Firm would translate well on LinkedIn. I they mean, don't. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Right. So I try to keep LinkedIn, I try to do more, from a legal standpoint, more national and legal news posting than I do actual, like, hey, I'm going to be on the radio doing X, Y, and Z. Now, that being said... I have not spent a lot of time dedicating to that. And I do agree with you that the algorithm is much more user-friendly. Yes. Um, and much more open to organic reach. Well, and, you know, candidly, someone mentioned the other day to me about finding a job using LinkedIn. Yes. And I haven't, very fa- I haven't had to apply for a job in a while, so <laughs> it's like, you know, but, but yeah, there are a lot of there's – there's a tribe on LinkedIn, and I think you're right. I think that would be another place I probably should start playing. Um, but, it, you know, I, I have the reverse – issue where I have the content. I just got to park it. Yes. You know, so parking it on LinkedIn would be a, a matter of spending some time this evening, setting up a go Rouge page 
you know, and start starting to get people. You know, Brack has Baton Rouge Area Chamber has a has a LinkedIn page. Yeah, I think Business Report has one. I mean, these people are being they're using LinkedIn. So, so a great a great example of LinkedIn. Have you you do you know Elephant Realty? I'm very familiar with Matt Laborde and Elephant Realty. So he's coming on next week. He is a great. He'll be a great guest. He has gone on LinkedIn with his company right. and the stuff he does now. He he understand, and I'm, we're going to get into this with his show and his understanding of social interactions on LinkedIn because that's where I see him heavily. Now, like you said with Facebook, for your brunch stuff, for your drinks, and mm. for all of that information that you're putting out in the community, it's great for Facebook because that's where a lot of people look for that stuff. Right. LinkedIn is a whole different community. Right. Twitter is a whole different community. Yeah, it needs to be more professional with LinkedIn. Right, and that's a lot of people, when they see it, they see, oh, I can make one post, go on every platform. And I'm like, yes and no. Right. Like you have to understand each platform is different based on the users. I've got people who don't have Facebook that have Instagrams. I've got people that have Instagram that have Facebook but no Instagrams because of the platform you have to truly understand the right. listening base, the audience base and to create content for that each piece must be unique. Right. LinkedIn, they for their organic reach, they rely heavily on a lot of uh, written word. If you make a post, like the other day I did a post about a picture from Startup Ground event that was last week at Tin Roof Brewing Company, and I post a picture of me in, a, in the middle of a conversation with somebody that they, that they took, and I wrote two or three paragraphs about the picture. That piece of content generated a lot more organic reach than, than a quick – than just yep. a picture or just a sentence because people on LinkedIn go to read articles. They go to do job search, and they go to connect on a professional level. Right. Now, on – Instagram, I'm going to post that picture. I already posted the picture and did a short two-sentence right. two, two right. post. With a whole bunch of hashtags. With a whole bunch of hashtags. And tagging a whole bunch of people in the picture because that's what that platform relies on. And that's what pl that platform thrives on. So one of the things, and I'll talk about Matthew while he's not here. <laughs> one of the things that he and I argue about, or at least discuss, because Matthew and I are both very disruptive. Right. Matthew is... The benefit of what Matthew does, he's a commercial realtor. The benefit of what Matthew does is his product is photogenic yes. most of the time. Yes. His his signs are everywhere. And so what I struggle with is, you know, Matthew will tell you, you can never have enough social media posting. You 100%. never have enough. And I'm the guy that's sitting there saying, man, you're not worried about oversaturation. You're not worried about, like, someone starting to ignore you because you're the 10th post from your stuff and they're just like, I've had enough and they're going to, and he'll tell you, no, it's never enough. And, yes. and, and, and look, he's doing something right. So, <laughs> but that's, that's something I struggle with though. I, I struggle with on Facebook. I will make, I will make one Borkhart law firm post, maybe two go right. Rouge, maybe four or five in a day. But, but I can do that on go Rouge because it may be food. It may be an event that I'm advertising. It could be the radio show. It, it, it just doesn't have the same oversaturation feel to it. Right. That being said, I'm definitely worried about oversaturation. And, and for those who don't know, oversaturation gets to the point where you're ignored, right? right? You're making so many Facebook posts. You're making so many Instagram posts that you're just not being seen by people. Now, the counter to that is on Instagram. If you're taking good photos, you're taking good photos. And people are going to click like. Although, can you can you see the number of likes? Can yes. they see the number of likes? They, Didn't they, they change that? They are they're dabbling with the idea of eliminating likes, which to me would be great because it would encourage better engagement with comments. 
if somebody really thinks it's a great picture, then I'm going, going to, to comment to let that their voice right. be heard because, like you said, people like their opinions to be heard, whether they be good or bad. Now, I'm kind of in the same boat with Matt, although I can't produce the level of content Matthew does. He's got properties. He's got— Well, and he does something very cool and interesting is he then—so I've subscribed to his letter because I had to sign up for, to get him on the show. Because I had to send him my email and all that other stuff. Fair enough. And so he sends in, they send out, I think it's weekly or daily. I don't think it's daily. I think it's weekly right. email articles. Well, now I noticed today he now goes through on LinkedIn Live every post or every article in his email that he sent out and type and just basically digest it for the listener or digest it for those that don't read emails because we get spam so much. Right. And so now on LinkedIn, he's going through, okay, we sold this property. This is how we did it. Now there's something interesting with this property. You need to know back in what year it was rezoned to allow this specific deal to happen. So it's, it's drawing your attention in a way that a newsletter from, from email. So I stopped doing the newsletter. People stopped reading. Because well, you know, and that was the thing was one, it's hard again in the legal world, it's hard to blog. I cannot give legal advice. I can I can do commentary for days. Right. But but it's hard to blog three paragraphs without giving legal advice constantly and making it interesting. So I finally got to the point where I was like, I just can't do this. Now, what I will be doing in, in the future for 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 marketing is I will be blogging on what I talk about on legally unfiltered and legally served because I can blog on that stuff because I've just spent time talking about it. So I can do show notes, I can do conversations. Uh, but Matthew, dude, Matthew takes his intern and does and does intern you, question of the day. Yeah, I I absolutely love what he's doing. Um, you know the price for that though is and here's here's what I want you to ask him. At some point, going full circle, at some point he had to hire somebody to run that train. Right. Because he cannot sell all the houses he's selling. He cannot run the marketing. He's He has to have an in-house marketing person, which, by the way, he should. Yes. He's crushing it. Get an in-house marketing person. So um, <clears throat> I've got about five minutes left with you. Yeah. And, then my, and then I'm going to turn into a pumpkin because my son needs to be picked up. <laughs> and I've, well, I've, I've got my wife walking across the I, window I every saw, now and again. I saw... I saw <laughs> I saw you looking at her. So I appreciate you, Patrick. I appreciate you having me on. I know I we talked about coming. a whole bunch of stuff that maybe seemingly didn't talk about Go Rouge and, and all the stuff. But I, this is the kind of stuff I love talking about, especially over a cigar. Um, and, dude, keep doing what you're doing. I, I think, you know, I told I told Brian Haldane today, I was like, I want to have people like, like Patrick on that are starting something that, that has such great potential to become something bigger and better. And by the way, the whole time you're doing it, you're showcasing other people, which yes. is which is the idea behind. I've I've said that my biggest life hack I've learned in the last 14 years of being in business is when you showcase and elevate other people, you're elevated by nature of what you're doing. And, and it's it's showcasing and elevating the people without expectation mm-hmm. in return. You know, right. I like for example, I had Lainey King from the Crawfish app on the show a couple episodes ago. And she told me, was like, oh, you know, I've always wanted to do a podcast about this stuff, but I'm so glad that you're doing it 
because it needs to be done that people just bring on companies, they bring on people, and just like I told you, I give you as much time as you want to talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. Right. And I've the last couple of episodes has been different than what I've had in my mind. And at the end, I'm like, guys, this is a different take on the show that's not normally going to happen. But I think I'm going to stop that because there is no normal take anymore. Right. The show is going to go wherever the show is going to go based upon whatever guests come so on. So I, I think in your future, I see panels. Where you have different people talking about different topics. I've been in talks with LSU about doing something like that. I think that would be great because then you're coordinating the conversation. Uh, Because when you get entrepreneurs, when you get business people, when you get advertising, marketing people talking to each other, interesting things happen. Um, If they're being intellectually honest, which you hope they are. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's interesting things happen because they're sharing – they're sharing their knowledge, but they're also sharing a collective experience. Everybody that's ever started a, a business knows to some degree some of the highs and lows. They know what it's like to do marketing, you know, to deal with a difficult client. So, I, I, dude, I'm excited. Thank you for having me. Thank you for I'm coming put out on. My, yeah, no problem. I'm going to put my cigar out because I can't finish it, but uh, <laughs> I'm definitely going to come back. Absolutely. So, for everybody listening, this was Franz. Borghardt. Borghardt. Gosh, I'm never going to get that right. Maybe one day. This I had Franz Borghardt on with the Borghardt Law Firm. Not only that, but with the Go Rouge show and Legally Unfiltered. I'm going to link up every page that he's got to the show notes. And what is the best way for them to get in contact with you to learn more? So on Facebook, go to the Go Rouge page, G-E-A-U-X. Um, we have a website, gorouge.net. Um, it is a WordPress site. I'm embarrassed <laughs> by it. Um, but there's a good way to do that. And really, those are the two best ways. Uh, the Facebook page has my contact information. Um, if you ever want to be featured in Go Rouge, you just need to drop me an email and tell me what you're doing. And, and like I said, um, you know, I don't, that's not a money making scheme. That is more of a, if you're doing something cool for Bad Rouge, you're going to get some love. So. Perfect. Well, for everybody listening, thank you so very much for taking the time out of your very busy day to give the show a listen. If you will, the only thing I asked is to share the show, like the page, and like all of Franz's pages as well. I'm going to give you a link so it's super easy to make that happen. And again, for everybody listening, thank you so very much. This is Patty G signing off of the Patty G Show.